However, a few days ago, I hosted a hosted facilitated a panel discussion on, on crisis communications. I thought it is it is like the most ironic time because there's so much happening with regard to uh, reputation of individuals, reputation of companies uh, in our country, and of course it happened smack bang in the week of Cell C. And we're not just talking about Cell C, but we thought let's talk about that. Let's effectively cut and paste what happened at the debate that I hosted uh, around crisis communications and bring it out on air. So crisis communications, think about this one. What works better when you, when you have this crisis that you need to communicate around? What works better, external PR agencies or going in-house? What do you think would work better? What's your opinion? Who's done it best? And maybe some of your thoughts as well. Look forward to engaging with you. Now, I do have, as part of this uh, thought leader discussion, uh, Tapsile Pumo, who is the, amongst many other titles, the more important one, Vice President of PRISA, which is the Public Relations Institute of uh, South Africa. Good chatting to you then, Tapsila. Thanks for coming in. Good morning, and thank you for having me on my sh- on your show. Good. Well, maybe it just be your show. You never know. <laughs> depends on, depends on how, how you come across today. Uh, so people are listening, right? Let, let, let's talk about just let's the broad question. Um, any organization or individual in what in a, in a four five period five year period, they're bound to face issues. Or they're bound to have a crisis of sorts. Yeah. Right? That, that would happen. So, so the question is, when they have these type of cri- crises or crises, w- what is the right approach? Do you, do you deal with it in-house uh, with your communications department or do you outsource and rope in an external PR agency or communications organization to assist you? I think firstly, let me state the fact that crisis communication is a critical component of a communication strategy of any company. Mm -hmm. So in what you are setting up, whether in a company, is to, to create systems in place that you could call them alert systems where you know what are the issues that could create crisis for you. So Mm. if you're in in an environment where there's a high risk from a safety perspective, you need to work on scenarios that should for instance, that happened. How will you? So, do so, so mining. I know you played in the mining space. Exactly. Like mining disaster, loss of life. What happened? That that you plotted in, but you could also similarly, if I go to the mining industry, plot uh, social uh, protests, for instance, because you know the issues of mining mm, 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 of mm, communities mm. around mining. So those are the inputs that goes into your communication strategy, and your crisis communication strategy begins to map what would be the possible scenarios or the dis- how the disaster will play itself out in all those spaces. So, so you, do, you do basically role play. You have to role play. So in times of calm, you are able to begin to say, should there be a disaster? Because you, your level of readiness is important in dealing with a crisis. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Because you can imagine if there was a big accident. People do run around. It's, natural, it's a natural reaction. But if you've got systems in place, you're able to, to kind of mitigate or manage the crisis in the shortest time possible because the challenge with the crisis is that the damage happens when you, you in the beginning you are running around you're not clear people form opinions in that space what you then do once people's opinions are, are locked in you are now trying to to kind of change so you've got to have your foot out first okay now that's, the, that's a good point yeah now the question that you're asking whether it should be in-house or outsource. Mm-hmm. Look, it, it really depends. My personal uh, contention is the strategy, because like I said, it's part of your communication strategy in any event. It should be managed in-house at a strategic level. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. are in that time because your resources, remember sometimes a business has got to run, you've got to manage the crisis as well. It adds value to bring an independent voice. 
That voice could look at your strategy, but it will also assist you at a tactical level to deal with these many things that will be happening okay. during the crisis. And that independent voice you talk about, would, would that happen before the crisis or, or during the crisis? Well, some companies do have in-house agencies, you know, people that are on retainer. My advice is if you've got that or they're delivering on your strategy anyway, so they'll be familiar with that pillar, mm-hmm. such that when a crisis happens, they, they kind of are immersed in, in, in understanding how you run a crisis. But what you're going to find is you're going to need to do a whole host of things, which unless you've got a team of 50, it's never going to be possible, which is why during a crisis, a combination uh, of in-house plus external people is, is very useful, because the challenge is, if it's just you guys, you're navel-gazing, you are seeing the Absolutely. crisis from, mm-hmm. from within, whereas there's someone else who says, look, I'm not involved in it. I don't understand the dynamics enough, but I can reflect for you from the outside what we see. Because remember, at the, when you have a crisis, the attack to your reputation gets heightened. Companies own the brand manage they, they run brand management, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. don't own their own reputation. A reputation is how they are perceived by people out so, there. So that's, that's, that is owned by, by the public. It's owned by the public. Yeah. Hence, I'm saying that, that, that external view actually kind of helps you. Because I would want to believe, if I'm representing Prisa, I, I would want people to have this uh, understanding of who we are. But that is not what I own. All I can own are the inputs that will enable them to have a positive view of us. Okay. In fact, we, we asked that question, and you can comment as well. There's a couple of comments we've had uh, up front already. Clint Griffin saying, uh, well, crisis communications need to be internal, internal, quick, honest, and transparent. That, that's his view. In fact, what, what I did um, late yesterday, or well, sort of overnight, I also put forward a, let me just get that. In fact, we, we did a bit of a, um, a tweet poll, uh, and this is interesting. And the options were, in terms of dealing with this, do you go in-house, external, a combination of both, or no need for spin at all? Now, the answers are, 52% says a combination of both, um, 15% says external PR, uh, 7% says in-house, and 26%, which I think is pretty high, Mac, saying no need for spin. What about your thoughts as a listener? 0891104207, chatting to uh, Tapsile Puma, who is the Vice President of the Public Relations Institute of, uh, of South Africa, talking about crisis communications and what's the options you need to be using when you're doing just that anyway. All right, so, so having said that, so, so in fact, if I can understand you, you, you for both, you would say have the combination. You, you need a combination because you look, you need a perspective here. But why it's important that a, a big component of it needs to be an in-house. There's a context to every crisis. It impacts on more than one aspect of, of your business. So therefore, having somebody in-house who understands how it will impact on the share price, it will impact on employee morale, it will impact on all your key stakeholders. And that information you can't outsource. There's no... Because, because also, if you don't have an in-house component, and assuming the CEO of a company, we'll get to sell C just now, by the way, because uh, we have to, that, assuming that person's not around at the time, then you may find three, four people in-house who are completely incompetent in dealing with it because they actually don't know because the entire thing has been outsourced. Look, and, and it doesn't matter how good your outsourced partners are. They will never have the benefit of context. They will never have the benefit of, of understanding the, the, the environment. And I think the one thing I just want to touch on that you were talking about and what your listeners were saying, spin. Mm-hmm. The word spin in crisis, in my personal view, it's what makes crisis worse. Okay. When you uh, have your hands 
uh, 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 in a crisis. The, 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 the truth, transparency, and being open is the only way out of it. Because if you try to spin it, the, re- the truth will, will unravel itself. Uh, and uh, you examples where, where people have made <laughs> Look, comes to mind and it's made it worse? I don't have an example that, that springs <laughs> to mind right now. But I mean, I'll, I'll think about it as we engage. In, but you know where one lie gets covered and another one and another one. By, that, by the time when the truth comes out, you are in a, even in a worse position. Because if you are able to, what we advocate in crisis management is you've got to be, be the first voice out there. That must be your voice. Because the, the voice of, of, of that company. Of or that, that brand, the company yeah. that has okay. got a crisis because it establishes you as the spokesperson, as the voice that will provide guidance through the crisis. But what tends to happen, companies that are ill-prepared, they allow everybody, and with social media, by 10 minutes after your crisis, <laughs> there's 77 voices that have already established themselves. Point, yeah. It becomes difficult for you to now crack into that, that gap because already by virtue of the fact that you are involved in a crisis, you are also, uh, you don't have the credibility anymore. Whereas if you own up upfront to say, guys, we are the one telling you that there's been this crisis. This is what we are doing. We don't know the facts as yet, but as we gather the facts, will come back to and that, that's important exactly okay so, so let's then look at, at, at the very topical scenario of what's played out this week with Celsius. it's almost like it was it was set up for us to talk about it on this show here yeah. yeah what are your thoughts about about the various you know levels of, of uh, interactions and touch points between Celsius from that very first comment by the CEO to where we are right now Look, I think without knowing enough of the details in terms of what was happening at, at Celsius, part of this pre-planning that I'm talking about, you would also know as you send out your CEO or whoever is an important person in your organization, you know, you look at their personality, you look at their, their ability to free flow, mm-hmm. and, and you begin to, to kind of highlight some of those areas months up front to say, look, when you're going to talk as Celsius, this is our script. These are the things that we... You, because you, you assume a corporate persona. Mm, and mm, I think when mm. I look at the Celsius situation, I'm almost tempted to, to separate the CEO of... The, the office of the CEO of Celsius and uh, Mr. Jose. And, and so, so the office can be any, any person. It could be a new CEO whenever, but the, but the person is the person. Exactly. Santos, yeah. so, so, and I'm, I'm saying, if without actually offering what I call a bus stop advice, if if I was Celsius, I would have actually understood this crisis in the context of Celsius the brand, because he didn't go to an interview as a guy who loves, like they, they've subsequently said, he's very good to the women in mm-hmm. his organization. Mm-hmm. He's a very mm-hmm. good guy. Granted, he's a good guy, and look. We cannot even judge him for his personal comments because Absolutely. all of us have got oopsies in mm, our own mm, environments, mm, mm, and, and that's his personal oopsie. But in this case, he made an oopsie on the platform of the office of the CEO of Celsius. And, and, and for me, I, I, I personally feel they didn't understand that. That, you know, that is a great guy, we all agree, but he was talking as a CEO of Celsius. When you say they didn't understand, they didn't understand, you're talking of Celsius. And, and I'm I, as, as, as watching it from the outside. Okay, but, but you think they didn't understand it 
after the event or before the event? Look, I think before the event, the best you can do is like all, we are, all of us do is to prepare scripts for our CEOs when they mm-hmm. go to interviews. Mm-hmm. In, some, in fact, previously, some of us would even go with the CEO to an event such that when he's in a media platform, when that thing happens at that point in time, because you are part of, of, of that situation where you are working with him, you can actually clear it up up front then. But unfortunately, in this case, obviously, it played itself out in a very different context. I still contend they could have handled it better by understanding where the context is located. It wasn't so much about what he, a great person that he is, but it's about the, it was about the damage. Okay, because if I can recollect, I mean, uh, just loosely, he, he used that phrase called bitch switch, uh, talking about how women sort of argue with each other. He also made the point that, that, the, that the male staff are very, very happy at, at Chelsea <laughs> because uh, he, they ensure they sort of hire people are very beautiful, uh, and, and that sort of works with, with the productivity, okay? Uh, it's something that many other people would talk about at many other places, but but it's certainly come across as as what uh, uh, men taking advantage of women or, or men expecting women to to be dolled up in a certain way to get a job. Is that how it's come across for you? Look, I think what he's he's outlined, if we all are being fair, he's re- he's reflected what is a view held by many in society. What I'm really grateful for with the South Sea crisis is, especially for working women, he has, in a very bad way, brought a very serious topic to the fore. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if we honestly were to move away from how he, he phrased it, I, I think the opportunity exists for us to begin to talk about those very important issues that he raises, because those are the issues that begin to tell us what are the systemic barriers that are preventing women from reaching their potential in the workplace. So I think I'm hoping that SLC helps itself out of this crisis. It can begin to help South Africa to begin to talk about this serious issue. I mean, you remember the crisis we had on racism earlier on. We were able to bring the issues to Mm -hmm. the fore. You can blame whoever raised it. That's their personal view. But they helped us deal with the issue. And I think the benefit of this crisis is for the very first time, somebody very important has brought a very significant topic that is normally everybody whispers about and nobody talks about. That is why I'm prepared on a personal level to give him the benefit of the doubt for his apology with a hope that he begins to understand that he has helped us. But what is then Celsi doing going forward? to make sure that this discussion then is handled responsibly. Because, because and I, I want to move on uh, from Chelsea to other examples, but, but in terms of where we are, it's not the overriding theme that, in effect, sex sells, which is something we've discussed so often. There's a, there's a, a Discovery Insure advert being played right now uh, about maybe the car being too dirty or, or the woman uh, who's getting into a car being a bit, you know, I think her, her feet or her hands were dirty so she couldn't get jumping to the car. That, that's the aside issue. But she certainly dolled up and dressed up in a way that suggests, wow, stunning woman. Now, now, doesn't that theme come through far, far more often than what the South Sea guys said? Look, that is why I'm it's saying an established theme, it, it, it's yeah. a, an established theme. We can beat him up for him having said that, but actually he reflected what a lot of people are reflecting in, 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 in various ads. Mm. But look, let's not take away the fact that as women... Uh, we, are, we, we would want to dress the way we want to dress. If, if, and if, if, if I dress beautifully, I feel beautifully today, it shouldn't affect how I get hired or not. So the issue is not even how beautiful women are. And, and I'm glad he recognizes mm, that mm, because mm, that's mm, just mm, a mm. fact. But I think it's how then that concept is used to perpetuate the stereotypes. 
perpetuate the, the, the discrimination that happens in the workplace? Because then what happens to women who are not so attractive wanting to join self Well, then they know they shouldn't because I mean, there was a cartoon with, with sort of a, a, a lady doing like these, uh, uh, a pole stripper and, and he uh, sort of auditioning for the job and like suggesting that, okay, maybe you're, you're in line to get a job now. That's the type of thing. So someone who's not attractive, if I can say that, wouldn't even want to apply so I can't get a job there. Just two things out of that one there. The many of, Because I think from a company point, they've already proved, established, that they, they promote women far higher than most other companies in the country. So that's admirable, right? There's also been women, top brass women from Celsius come to his defense. Where, where do you think it's, that this position sits right now, in your opinion? Look, that for me, again, I'm separating the two. Mm. A- and if I'm really being facetious, South Africa has got transformation targets. Celsi, like any other company operating in this country, would have had to appoint those women that they brag about. So it's, because, it's, because of the targets. It, it anyway. is the targets anyway. But also logically, in a population where you've got more women than men, I'm happy that they're beginning to recognize that in future, you know, they're not going to have a lot of men serving those positions. So for me, it's a logical step, but it's also pushed by legislation. I'm glad that they are excited about the fact that they're doing the right thing. In fact, it's for them as a business, not necessarily something, to prove Something to I mentioned, I mean, there's a business imperative. There's also a, a legal imperative, but yes. it's not something to brag about. Once it's done, you're actually correcting an in, injustice in the past. My point exactly. Okay, let's, let's get some quick calls. If you do get on short and sharp, please, uh, you need to put your headphones on. Sorry. Uh, for that. We are chatting to Tafsile Puma, who is the Vice President of PRISA, which is the Public Relations Institute of South Africa, talking about crisis communication and, and how do you handle that? Do you do, deal with it from an in-house uh, perspective or do you actually hire an external PR agency to assist you? Um, so, Dile from Port Elizabeth, go ahead, hi. Uh, Ashraf, good morning and good morning to your guest. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Two, two questions for me. Ashraf, if she could at the end of uh, the conversation just leave her details, that is if she's willing for other uh, people to engage her, even if her, serv- that is if her services are publicly available. Uh, uh, my two questions. The first one, would she consider what the ANC has been going through, especially in relation to Zuma, to have created a crisis? And if so, does she feel that the ANC has been able to manage the crisis well? I must also add, the, uh, uh, Ashraf, let us say ANC and the state, because those two seem to be inseparable. So does she feel the ANC has been able to uh, manage the cri- their crisis well? And has the state been able to manage the crisis as well? The, sec- the second question is, uh, what happens if a company is operating in different cultural environments? Okay, mm, that mm. Uh, crisis management is it a one size fits all, or or must that uh, response then be tailored to suit the cultural environment? Okay, so I've, I've got that, Jordila. Thanks, thanks for that. Interesting. By the way, I'll, I'll bring it up as well, even later with with the guys from Nando's because they're, they're a South African company that's absolutely global, and I can't see how their ad campaigns in South Africa would be as relevant to other countries. How do they adapt to that? But okay, let, just your thoughts on that. It's an interesting point. I mean, government, uh, from the president to, to the Guptas to uh, the finance minister, that's been an ongoing thing for three months. What's your thoughts about how that's been handled? Let me start by the second one because I think the president's mm. and the ANC mm. issues are topic on its own. Uh, I'm sure Nzandilia would appreciate the fact that communication is context-specific. So therefore, even when you're dealing with a 
crisis communication. Hence, I was saying context is everything earlier. Mm, and my mm, advocation mm, mm, for internal people who are immersed in the context, the cultural uh, environment in which their business is operating. So, therefore, the framework is, is, is the same. However, how you use the framework depends on the context within which you find, find yourself. So, I think that's the long and the short of it. Look, when I, and I'll have to reflect this as a, as a South African. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you probably begin to understand that my notion is there is the person and there's the office of the presidency. So if you look at what has happened with the ANC thus far, I, I personally begin this very, and perhaps there's recognition, but it's not as overt of the fact that the, the crisis is with the rest of the country. The reputation that is at stake is not necessarily of the president, the man. It's of South Africa, the country, mm, 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 because mm. he is representing South Africa, the country. And at that level, and if I'm looking at it from a crisis communication point of view, I'm personally disappointed at the fact that the South African communications, government communicators have not risen up to that uh, realization that yes, there is an ANC issue that they can deal with but behind the scenes, but they are, the, the brand that is being damaged is South Africa Inc. Okay. And that is the brand they are supposed to communicate with because the, our president is the president of a country who happens to just be a... He's only important because he's the president. Exactly. I mean, that, in the context. Because he's our president. In the context of this crisis. I, I, I think that that's a good point, yeah. In fact, there's a couple of comments. Uh, Clint Griffin saying your guest speaks beautifully uh, of beautiful things. Spin is bad. Uh, consumers can smell spin. And there's a whole lot more similar ones. I want to just pick up one of the things from uh, a colleague that we had. If I can find these things, of course, these things take a while. I'll get to that in just... Let me see. In fact, Soli Moeng, who was part of the panel we had the other day, saying we should distinguish between crisis management and crisis communication management. What do you understand by that? Well, if you look at it classically, uh, crisis communication is a component of crisis management because... uh, there is a, a business continuity element to a crisis. So let's use, for example, a train accident. There is the elements of emergency management, uh, making sure that, you know, bodies get recovered, uh, systems get... So, so there is that element. And the crisis communication is actually mapping that process. Mm-hmm. So and on the point, and I use a train accident, that a train accident happens there will be emergency services mm, people mm, and mm, all sorts mm, of people. Mm. The communication people come in in the beginning of the crisis to communicate the emergency elements That's of the crisis, okay. to try to settle the environment, and then when you and then move on to the bigger reputational issue. But one, if they understand crisis uh, communication already at an emergency communication level, they are thinking reputation, not just ambulances are on site. They are already communicating, understanding what, what that does it say just... About us? Yeah. Exactly. That's what happened with the bridge collapse exactly. in Germany. Exactly. Right. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, it's interesting. I'm glad that many of the colleagues who were part of the panel are listening in. Tepo Matseba also saying, well, I would differ in that communications doesn't belong to the comms department. It is everyone's job, especially the CEO. Now, uh, this is an interesting point, that, that whatever happens, I'm wondering to, you know, I'm asking you, who should then take charge? Should it always be the CEO or a spokesperson? 
Look, it really depends on the nature of the crisis. Let me first agree with with mm. Tepo and, mm. and, and actually outline the fact that anyone who's hired to do communication in any organization is a facilitator. Mm. You mm-hmm. facilitate that different departments in your environment can communicate effectively. HR can communicate effectively. You set up systems, messages, and processes in phase. Very rarely are you the face of the communicator. You are the engine behind the communication of an organization. So there we are aligned. There will be cases where perhaps you'd be a spokesperson mm-hmm. simply because you are able to consolidate everybody's messages. Now, who should communicate in the crisis? In my personal view, it really depends on the nature of the crisis. Sometimes some crises are so significant that if the CEO doesn't feel it important to stop and acknowledge, mm-hmm. then it's a problem. But some, remember, crisis is at different So, so who, who makes that decision again? Again, say, you yeah. would have had the, the pre-planning, but I can imagine when the crisis hits, you sit at as an organization and you ask, how big now? How big would it be? And your positioning is based on that. How big now and how big... And, and if the be? wrong person comes up front, it, it almost comes across as disrespectful to the exactly. public to say, you send this junior person with exactly. respect to talk to us about this national issue, for example. Yeah. Okay. Amazingly, we've only got about two more minutes to go. We haven't even run through so many examples. I'm going to therefore allow you maybe, on your own, just, just run through some of the examples that you have of, of examples where, in terms of this crisis communication debate we've been talking about, where it's worked and where it hasn't worked. I mean, and feel free to throw some names in as well. Look, I look at VW. Mm. You know, I mean, from anecdotal feedback, mm. we hear they knew about this the year before it, mm. it, mm. it mm. came out. And when you look at how I personally believe they badly uh, uh, managed this crisis, they are now sitting with a share price that has dropped uh, investor confidence that um, um, if they were not in the Porsche type group, mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. they would be struggling uh, to actually... Okay, so you recover. think they managed that badly? They did. I mean, because again... You what, what should they have done? Look, when they found out themselves, if it's true that they found out a year ago, now you go out to the public, you say, look, this is it. But these are the things we are going to do. Because the challenge in the crisis, if you allow for that vacuum, for people to say, we found them out, speculate 77 mm-hmm. times, by the time you come, and, and the CEO did come out and say, we acknowledge, we will do this. At that point, the two things happen. That those who, because you've got a higher brand equity with them, what kind of give you a benefit of the doubt? But for everybody else who's a cynic, they probably say, you know what? You are just trying to cover mm-hmm. your, your, your Another global one, if you have an opinion, FIFA, any ideas, any thoughts on that? FIFA is a, I would not want to comment <laughs> on it because I also personally just think it's, it's just one of those things where a global organization that I, I perceive to have global resources to deal with this, their crisis responsibly have just snowballed it from one to another. Again, going back to our session that says spin doesn't work. Mm, remember, mm, mm, mm. the new guy came about and now something has come up with him. It's just one thing being uncovered after another. The value, if you are intending to manage your crisis, is to give out all the facts. It's almost like when you caught stealing. Isn't it better to say, I stole a pen and a book and, 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 a, I'm sorry. and a cell yeah. phone, so that somebody doesn't come six months down the line and say, but you also stole a cell phone. So your acknowledgement wasn't... Yeah. All right, yeah. two, two more examples maybe. Just in terms of any of the universities handling 
what is perceived as an attack on them, whether it's bits, whether it's been roads or UCT or just so many others. Roads, of course, is very topical right now, but whichever, comment on any one of them that you, that you feel L- you'd like to bring up. I think uh, uh, roads for me is a, is a good example where, again, if, you, if they had, and again, being a bus stop analysis, Rhodes knew that anything that happens is playing itself in the context of the turmoil we had with the students, you know, uh, mm-hmm. fees must fall and the rest. So that when the issues around this rape thing happens, you know, even when you fa- first find the, the, the first incident, whoever is dealing with these, your, 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 your communication or your reputation management has got to locate this thing in the context of the bigger issue. They would have, they and, should have and you seen. you think that they didn't do that? I don't think they did. So now this thing has spiraled out of control because this was happening in the melting pot of high, heightened student activism. Anything was a trigger point to the students. So if you deal with something like this as business as usual mm, mm, in a, an unusual context, is that issue that that's, I'm saying. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about business unusual. Just your thoughts on how, how the Guptas are responding to being under attack. Are they responding? Well, tell me. <laughs> no, look, I, it's, it's very difficult to comment in politics because I'm not a political mm-hmm. commentator, but as a... Well, we're talking just brand yeah, communication. No, no, as, so. as, as, an, and as a brand uh, a, a person, I mean, my, my question, are they responding, is exactly that. In a sense that from the outside, they don't seem to have a coherent... Uh, manage a crisis management strategy. But remember, I think we also need to understand that their issue happens in the context of a bigger issue, which is South Africa Inc. You yeah, know, if, if if state capture, it wasn't an issue of state capture where they've got to convince the rest of South Africa uh, uh, to believe them for argument's sake. I think that it would be an easier. So they're they're in a very difficult. Uh, situation is not just banks deciding not to 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 have their mm-hmm. business because there was some fraudulent Molanyana thing that happened. They are f- facing a very difficult issue. Again, it goes back to that issue where I'm saying I, I would wanna believe that the the government would look at the the current crisis in the context of who is offended by it. It's not just a few commentators. It's against the rest of South Africa. Okay, that's a very important one. Just, just one final point from you. Any, any other issue you want to just bring up? Look, I, I think the most important thing for me is you will never be adequately prepared to handle a crisis. But I think you need to, to, to kind of think about it because most of the scenarios that manifest themselves in a crisis are scenarios that we know about. And therefore, organizations should at least have a minimal level of preparedness so that they can react quickly. Because the challenge with some of the cases and almost all the cases we have seen, they took their time. But in an environment where the social media, you know, a couple of years ago, you were waiting for the star to be published a tomorrow morning. Later, a week later, so, you yeah, know, you yeah. still have some opportunity. Right now, it goes on Twitter almost so immediately. So, so I think bottom line here, and let's leave it at that. Thank you so much for your time. But bottom line here is that whether you're this big, you know, multinational, whether you're a small corner store business, uh, perhaps ha- have a discussion with your, with your colleagues, even a store of three people to say, do you have a, a crisis communications plan? And that's what
what you're suggesting exactly. and are you working that plan and you need to be doing that a- as well and lastly before I go is to say spin is definitely out it's I been know. out for a long time okay you've made that point uh, the spinning has stopped uh, uh, Tavisile Pumo the Vice President of the Public Relations Institute of South Africa appreciate you giving us your input as well okay, okay. we're going to move on to other issues as well uh, in fact talking about PR there was the, the PRISM Awards uh, that took place a few days ago we'll speak to three of the winners right after this